What's up, guys? Our wrestling podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious, along with Jess, the Total Package, Craig, the British Bulldog, the Nature Boy Joe, and Cuz, giving you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards, sharing opinions with you. Can someone feed me today's topic? Dave. What? Do you hear that? I hear it. Do you hear it? What? I hear voices in my head. They talk to me. They understand. Oh, they talk to me. No. Yeah, yeah. They tell me things I want to. All right, just go. Do your thing. Sorry. I don't know who that is. I don't Randy Orton's fucking theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I just want him to get upset. Randy Orton, legacy of. Uh, this is way different from what we're used to because why? Why, why is it different, guys? Because the guy's still going. He's still going. And a lot. Uh, yeah. For audio fans, give us Last a listen Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. Oh. Can you do us a favor? Watch our videos on YouTube at our wrestling channel or at least on social media. Give <clears> us <throat> a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWB2019 or on Meta slash Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. Because you always laugh, but Meta is coming. You can't resist. I know. It's, okay? just, it's just funny. It's just funny. <laughs> it is what it is. Smart ass I can't, like I, I'm not the one who changed the name. I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> can can we talk about? I think it's because is yeah. that is that holiday sweater from this year or have you had that for a while? Uh, I think you bought it four years ago. That's it's a perfect fucking holiday sweater for the time period we're talking <laughs> yeah. right now in December 2021 and yeah, RKO behind me. You know, kudos. <laughs> I, I get the feeling by the end of this podcast, there's going to be some cigarette burn holes in that sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Cigar burn holes. It's gonna be a big asshole. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Big and asshole. Jess is the one that actually wanted to do this because of uh it was kind of the impetus and it kind of came out of nowhere. Randy announced it on Twitter, right, Jess, of uh of the record that a fan was keeping of those pay-per-view appearances, and that kind of was the impetus of we should probably do this. Yeah, I think this became a, a fan was just keeping track of his shit from what I remember reading on him, and then he's like, Oh, I guess I broke this record. That's pretty incredible, actually. And then he broke another record the next day and, and uh on Raw, yeah. Dave has it in the notes. The Guinness Book of World Record recognizes him now. That's awesome. Oh wow! And yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's a lot to say that uh, that we're doing a legacy. Like, you know, that a guy's had a, a you know a pretty much a twenty year career. We're doing a legacy on him, and he realistically probably has at least five, maybe ten more years left in him. Of uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's in great shape. I mean, yeah. you know, a few minor, you know, a few injuries here and there, but uh, I mean, guy, you know, looks What's, awesome, takes care of himself. I mean, easily. At easily another five years of wrestling. What's crazy to think about too is if you know if he, if he's like a Stinger Flair, he's got another twenty years then because <laughs> he's in his forties only. You know. Well, let's jump into the legacy of Randy O. Let's get into early life before wrestling. Randall Keith Orton was born in Knoxville, Tennessee, on April first, nineteen eighty, the son of Nurse Elaine and professional wrestler Bob Orton Jr. He is the grandson of Bob Orton and the nephew of Barry Orton, both professional wrestlers. Orton attended Hazelwood Central High School, where he was an amateur wrestler. After graduating in 1998, he enlisted with the Marines. At the base, he received a bad conduct discharge in 1999 after going AWOL on two occasions and disobeying an order from a commanding officer. Under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, he was tried and convicted under a special court-martial, subsequently spending 38 days in the brig at Camp Pendleton. Well, yeah, you know, there's there's worse places to be if you're going to be in the Can we just stop and say that's probably typical Randy right there from the rest of his career yeah. of, of a guy like yeah. in the, even in the Marines signing up and I love hearing not it. willing to conform? 
Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think I think he's like, um, no. His training and early career, he made his wrestling debut at 2000 at the Mid-Missouri Wrestling Association, Southern Illinois Conference Wrestling, MMWA slash SICW. Thanks for that, Jess. That's some good note-taking you got there. In St. Louis, Missouri, an offshoot in the historic St. Louis Wrestling Club headed by Sam Munchik. That's not right. Munchnik. Munchnik. Yeah, Munchnik. Munchnik. Whatever. There he trained by both the staff of the promotion and his father, Bob Orton Jr. So I want to kind of pause there because we're talking 2000. It's 2021 right now. Orton, you know, we're going to talk about making his debut just a year later. He barely got into it in, in 2000 in mid-Missouri. And within a year, he's on the main he's on the main roster of, of the biggest wrestling organization in the world. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to, you know. That's how good he is. And, Nepotism. Yeah, he, he he had connections, bro. That's what it was, right? you know. I bet he was so, good. It, but but it's, it's it's interesting, right? So, in 2001, Orton signed a deal with the then World Wrestling Federation (WWF) and was sent to its developmental territory, Ohio Valley Wrestling (OVW) in Louisville, Kentucky, where he continued his training there. Uh, that fall, he began appearing regularly on the WWF house shows and dark matches. Facing Chuck Palumbo. I remember him. Yeah. Oh, man, we got to do something on Chuck one of these days. A legacy? Um, not, he has a, <laughs> not a legacy. He has a, he has a CrossFit gym um, in uh, San Diego. Ran nice. Well, there you go. Uh, Steven Richards, another fun one. And Sean Stasiak, but mostly wrestling and tag team matches. Orton's promotion on the main roster made him a member of OVW's now legendary class of 2002 as a part of what has now been dubbed as the OVW4 alongside John Cena, Brock Lesnar, and Dave Batista. So wait a minute. Um, and all those guys, man. Yeah. That's, at that's the same really, fucking time. That's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. It's kind of gross. Just a, <laughs> just a plethora of talent. Lightning strikes four times there. All right. Orton's first televised WWF match was a victory against Hardcore Holly on SmackDown. That must have been tough for him to swallow. On April 25th, 2002, soon after, Orton became a face and was placed in a series of matches with Holly. Well, this is Randy Orton's debut. I'm going to wish the kid luck. Hey, it appears to me that it was Mr. McMahon's personal assistant, Stacy, who was enamored with Randy Orton. Well, not the other way around. Oh, wait a minute. Randy Orton was, was fondling Stacy. Came on to him. You see what he did, Cole? Within weeks of his debut on the Raw brand, Orton suffered a soldier, uh, a shoulder injury, excuse me, leaving him sidelined for months. Ladies and gentlemen, it is certainly a privilege for me to introduce this next young superstar, the newest member of the Raw roster making his debut tonight. I knew his granddaddy, Bob Orton Sr. I know his father, Bob Orton Jr. Please welcome the newest member to Raw, 22-year-old Randy Orton. All right, Randy Orton, this kid is sensational. I I love this segment. While recovering, Orton still appeared on Raw with his own Randy News Network RNN segment. A weekly video. Do you remember that? Because I fucking don't even remember. I've seen it on. I don't know how I don't. I just don't remember it. I didn't remember it when it happened, but I've seen it on the network and I've gone back to so I'm like, this is golden. This is amazing. Oh, yeah, he was like, so I was typing up the notes. I'm like, what am I? Yeah. What, what am I typing right it's now? It's actually like, really, really good. 
But this is where his heel work was kind of coming in. He didn't even know it because they're like, oh, my God, I'm so in oh, he's natural. every week with his RNN stuff. Uh, and he was talking about his condition. Well, you know, shoulders a little bit better this week. And they're like, oh, God. Get oh, it's at 90%. It's at 90%. It's at 90 it's right. It's at 90%. And then the next now. week, it's at 92 Yeah. <laughs> so the show interrupted other segments of raw so programming, which caused Orton to slowly transition himself into that narcissistic and self-centered yes. heel. Uh, you can go back and find that on on a lot of the uh, the highlight stuff with Randy, and it's there. It's really good. Then ah, this is mm. the shit a tear. I love Evolution. I, just I do, do too. I really love Evolution. And, and Joe, before you get upset, I'm not comparing to the Four Horsemen. It's just really good. Okay, just, Should, they're just an extension of. Hey, I like that. They're just an extension of. I'll take that. I'll take that. We don't have to fight today. Yeah, they're, uh, they're the DLC. Good. All right. The, they're just the, they're just the 2000 version of the Horsemen. It's there you cool. go. You know, no worries. Joe, I love yeah. you for that. I yeah, love hug, you for saying yeah, that. Hugs and kisses. Really better. You, you take four, and, and then you just make an E and turn it sideways, and that's Evolution. That's, that's just right. an extension. That's how you do it. After Orton's injury, Evolution Hill, Orton joined the Evolution Stable, which consisted of Ric Flair, Triple H, and the relative newcomer Batista. The group was pushed on Raw from 2003 to 2004, with the height of their dominance occurring after Armageddon in 2003, when all of the men's titles on Raw were held by Evolution members. It's just, this is amazing story writing. Um, Triple H, uh, I love probably, it. you know, taking all the credit for it, but it was still really good. Uh, with the help of his stablemate and mentor, Ric Flair, Orton defeated Shawn Michaels at Unforgiven for the first of Good. many high-profile matches billed as Legend versus Legend Killer. I love the Legend Killer gimmick. Oh, yeah. During this time, Orton began using the move that would become his signature finisher, the RKO, a jumping cutter named after his initials. Guys, come on. This is so, so he Okay, so... I okay, actually took exception really. with that because I I'm not a fan Why of, right of people uh, taking moves of other legends because you're reminded of that person. Like every time I see KO do the goddamn stunner now, oh, I'm yeah, like, oh, you remind me of Austin, who's better than you. Sorry, uh, oh, he's yeah. more more well known, I should say, and more of a legend. And uh, and you took his fucking move, and then that also reminds me of how good shit used to be, and it's not now. But so when Morton <laughs> took that move, I was like, why is he doing the goddamn diamond cutter? Like, and it just kind of became its own thing. And he sort of yep. like, he sort of stole it, which DDP will tell the story that Orton did talk to him about it, I think. Uh, but DDP always gives him shit about it because he took a while to talk to well, him about he, it. Well, he like should. That. He should. Um, he because DDP should've. did the same thing. When DDP was getting over in WCW, what helped him before he really landed on that, I don't even know what DDP's gimmick ever was, like what it, it ended up being. But Eric Bischoff makes me laugh because they talk about before when he was trying to find, he come down DDP with his sunglasses on. He would come down with a fucking cigar in his hand. He would come down with gold chains on. And, and I he was like, dude, he was just that. a walking fucking tchotchke shop. And he's like, he made yeah. me, I hated it. I would tell him all the time, would you pick a fucking gimmick? And so then he finally just started like wearing regular tights. And But his whole thing was, I'm going to get you with the diamond cutter. And once he trimmed all the fat and started putting this move over, and there was a, a series of nitros like that went on for a couple months where you tuned in and go, oh, fuck, DDP's wrestling. He's going to try to hit it from a different angle, whether it's catching yeah. someone off the top rope or whatever. Yep. So when Orton took it, that's a big that's a big shoes to fill when you take that. And he did the same thing with it. Like, oh, and, yeah. and then, then he also took it on in the age of viral videos where everybody yeah. knows about the fucking when Orton yeah. RKO to nowhere became a DDP thing. Using it. Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of it's ballsy to do, and then he did it and did it better somehow. I was he gonna did. say he like, did it better. Right? That's what I was gonna ask you. Yeah, yeah. He's more known for it now. He's more yeah, known for like, it. He kind of really did take it. Yeah. 
You almost forget that D, what DDP's finisher was. Like, and DDP did, did right? great with it, but Orton did. just did it better and got more. He got even more innovative and more athletic with it. Sorry, yeah, Joe. That's why I see you. No, no, no. It just it, no. It's just a, it's uh, it's. I mean, there's always an evolution in wrestling. You know, like uh, you know, there's uh, nothing. There's nothing ever words. new. It's just kind of stuff that gets uh gets uh, repackaged a lot. Um, you know, the DDT gets used, the whatever, blah blah blah. But like, there was something about Orton and the way the way that move. And maybe it was because it was a little bit more uh, the the viral nature of it um, that that uh, DDP was using it in WCW for the most part that it did it didn't get as like it didn't get as attached to him. I mean, we know it's from DDP, but like you know, if you ask most people about that move, like their first uh, the, their first and foremost is going to be is going to be Randy Orton. You know, um, you know why why that is. You know who knows? Like you know, like you look at like the the sharpshooters. That the sharpshooters. Yeah, I was block. just gonna say you that. Know, like Brett it? was ballsy with that. Well, I mean, Brett is you know, come on. Yeah, it, Brett is Brett. very few you know, that Brett are better than him and, in the ring. You know. But like he took that from Sting. Sting just never talked about it. That was just his finisher. Yeah. Whoa. Brett, when he adopted Brett it, he took it from Sting. It. Yeah. Yeah, Sting Scorpion Deathlock was like since the well, late eighties. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sting been doing Brett Scorpion Deathlock since then. Oh, wow. Yeah, Brett adopted it. Yeah, when he went on his five or six years, he'd been using it for yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, natural progression of it. <laughs> I didn't know, guys. I just didn't know. straight, Craig. You're screwing yourself right now, Craig. What I thought was funny about Orton too, as I was watching, as I was watching matches uh, yesterday, is that um, every so often, like there, you know, you like you attribute you attribute what what kind of the stereotypical professional wrestler looks like from each kind of decade. You know, if you look at the seventies, it's like, oh, it's Bruno San Martino. This kind of like big burly like out of shape super hairy out of shape in shape yeah you go to the you go to the 80s and it's a hogan then you go like the like the early 90s and it's guy like you know like like i always thought like hawk from the road warriors look like a professional wrestler the hair the body you know whatever Mm. well all of a sudden you you progress a little bit further and you get to randy orton and even even in his early uh the early the first few years he looks like what all professional wrestlers are going to look like in the future you know it's like the tattoos the body frame the the look the movement it Leaner. just looked like it was almost Trent like you were Center, watching maybe. the new prototype for a professional wrestler and what they're supposed to look you like. Can, you can argue he's the blueprint now. Yeah. That's a criticism of Randy is that he made it look too easy at times. And when he's unmotivated or whatever you, you, you have, but he was so smooth. Whereas everyone else looked a little clunky as maybe he looked, he was always too crisp and always too technical. And I think I'm sure we'll talk about it later about his ethic and motivation and that kind of thing. But he does make it look effortless and maybe he's the Randy only with guy- his body. He's the only guy that reminds me of Roberts. Like when I watch him, like he is so fluid. Roberts was so good. Like when you watch Jake Roberts do stuff, like you're like, God, God damn. Like he just had that movement down. He understood like when he was picking an opponent up, Jake knew how to make it look like he was picking him up. And everything they did, Orton's the same way. When he just started, when I see him live, I'm like, God, he's good. Even even the waiting game that Orton plays um, when his victim is down, he's ready to, to sign off. It's, he knows where the camera is. He knows yes. where the expressions he he knows when it's going to hit. He and, and him and Jake think, get that. I think the reptile and snake references come from their movements, not necessarily. Oh, because he's a oh, viper yeah. and Jake was right. a well, snake. Why, it goes the opposite way. Slithering like a viper. You know? It's like no, yeah, like he's a snake because he's so fluid, because yeah. he's so like slithery. Like so that good. came first. Like Jake did and, first. It's not because he's trying to be snake esque or reptile esque or whatever. It's. And, be, 
And yeah, like both of them, you're yeah. And of course, Vince didn't spring. get that, so Vince you're is like, you need, you need to bring a snake down, Roberts. <laughs> like Roberts, like <laughs> yeah. fuck. Okay, whatever. Bring a bring a cobra down. Uh, That's exactly what happened. Uh, Randy, like, God damn it, they're gonna bring. <laughs> Can you imagine if they made Randy bring a, a snake down? <laughs> that hey, he probably pulled a viper. Out, <laughs> Randy, That'd the kind of viper, intimidating fucking thing to bring down to the ring with you. Is a viper. I think uh, bring a viper I, to I, Randall. I, I think they just need to hire Jay back for six months and let him let him be in Randy's corner for a big push. And just drop him, you know. I bet you every two years him. Vince was like, "Are you ready for the snake? You're ready for the snake." Brandon's <laughs> 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 like, "Vince, no, Vince, no, no thank Vince. you. Vince we still got Jake's bag. It's in the back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure the snake's still in the same bag. Might be alive. Cool. I'm not sure. He, being Randy Orton, defeated Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental Championship at Armageddon in December of yep. 2003. What is, what is it? What is it, Craig? Rob Van Dam." <laughs> with this win, Orton started the longest intercontinental championship reign in seven years, holding the title for 210 days. Whose title will so never good. be broken? Everybody knows the Hong Kong man's greatest intercontinental champion of all time. That's right. <laughs> just, by, just by the reign. Don't even yeah. try. Please. No one is going to break that record. It's never going to happen. Van Dam, man, he got taken right off that. Oh, no! The Orton continued to establish himself as a legend killer throughout 2004, challenging the semi-retired wrestler Mick Foley. This gets fun. Famed for his brutal hardcore matches and ability to handle excruciating pain, Foley challenged Orton to a hardcore legend versus legend killer match for his Intercontinental Championship, which Orton reluctantly accepted at backlash Orton defeated Foley in a hardcore match to retain the intercontinental championship. That was the pay-per-view right after WrestleMania 20. And uh, I mean, God, like they served up Orton's push here for him. Um, He obviously was killing legends everywhere. He obviously came through because you get that. You get, you know, a lot of people can look at it and say he was handed everything. I'm like, yeah, but he's got to deliver yeah, so he yeah. took he took a, at the time he took he a more well known wrestler's finisher. Uh, you know he starts getting I don't think the Viper stuff started coming in here at this point. No, but then he no, gets named later on. then it's he later. gets named the Legend Killer, and then they put him in the ring with all these legends. Oh, you're just handing him all these gimmicks. Yeah, but he's gotta make you believe. And when he spit and in Foley's face and kicked him down the fucking stairs, Dude, that, the arena, that was awesome. <laughs> like, oh my god, oh. like. And, and of course, credit to Foley, but Foley was playing say, his yeah, He throws Foley's head into the concrete, and Foley doesn't even put his hands up as his head hits no, the side before amazing. he goes down the stairs. Because they were, yeah, yes, they were handing Orton all kinds of, here's the key to the city, here's the key to the city. But if Orton doesn't know what lock to put it in, it's exactly. not going to work. Like, so he figured it out, and, you know, Orton did. We, I some of the other legends he, he took down along the way? Not, not in matches, but. I know, like, Jay, I know Jake he did. He, uh, he cut her yeah. Jake, and like, yeah. He spit in Harley Race's face. Yeah, he oh, spit Harley yeah. Race's yes. face. Of course, Slaughter, because it's a fucking bore me with Slaughter. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that got a push that didn't deserve it. Like, 
and who uh, couldn't do anything with it, you know? And like, right. the, you know, even yeah. like, even look at like somebody like Goldberg, Goldberg's a terrible wrestler. It's oh, awful. He's totally sucks. But like yeah. he got a big push for no reason other than he's like, he's, he's just a big monster, you know, yeah. like you put, you, at least you're giving Orton the push. He had a, the ability to back it up, you know, he See, could, and I am like, and in he certain could, cases too, ring. Orton became the number one contender for the world heavyweight championship after winning a 20 man battle Royal on July 26 of 2004 at SummerSlam of same year, Orton defeated Chris Benoit for the championship thus becoming the youngest world champion in WWE history at the age of 24. It may be a while before. Is that broken? That is not broken to my knowledge, right? Or uh, no, he actually, he, no, Brock was the youngest and then he beat Brock. He beat Brock. Got it. Okay. Yeah. He rolled through it the second time and oh my God, RKO, Brock was 25 or something yeah. like that. I think. So, yeah. It's pretty incredible when you think about so, it. So, and this is where, man, like, uh, well, Dave, go ahead and read on, Dave. Yeah. I, the following night on Raw, after Orton successfully defended the title against Benoit in a rematch, Evolution threw Orton a mock celebration only to revere, to revere, to reveal <laughs> that they were not pleased with his new victory. While Batista had Orton propped on his soldiers in inhalation, Triple H gave him the please thumbs up and then abruptly changed it to a sad face and a thumbs down. Which was followed by Batista dropping Orton to the mat. Triple H, Flair, and Batista attacked Orton in the ring, resulting in Orton being kicked out of Evolution. A month later, Orton lost his W. I'm sorry, his World Heavyweight Championship to Triple H in an unfair. Oh, oh, that's, that's weird. weird. Oh, that's really? funny. Oh, that's weird. That's, so that that's odd. After what a great, uh, Flair, what a great storyline this was, though. They are waiting next week in Anaheim when Randy Orton walks that aisle as the world heavyweight champion. What racing that'll be. Back in the good old U.S. of A. You know, like, yes. I mean, such classic, like old school. I mean, there's like a classic. I mean, it's obviously the classic, like horseman story already. It reminded like, me it of the sting in the horseman. Story. Yeah, it was the sting. You know, it's yeah. like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, just change the names. My uh, big problem is, you know, but here, so I'm, I'm wrong I about it, honestly. I'm wrong because it, later we would understand that Orton was not, uh, he was his own worst enemy, you know, partying too much and just fucking not caring, having a bad attitude. I think that might have been why they took the title off him so fast and it was Triple H. Because as a fan, I was like, okay, so Triple H should have been kicked out of the group. There's really – and Triple H should have turned face. And that's just the way it should have done. He's the, or or if you're going to kick Orton out, give him some dignity. Like Flair stood up – or uh, Sting stood up to Flair and said, I'm here to win the world title. I don't want to just forfeit my championship shot because Sting won a, an opportunity at Flair's right, title. Yeah. 
And Flair's like, you need to back down. It's all about protecting me and the horsemen and all the horsemen got in his face. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to back down. I'm a pro, I'm a pro wrestler. I want to win the world title. Like, that, I, you know, this is what I'm here to do. Like, and Orton should have done the same thing. They should have at least written for Orton to do the same thing. Right. And then if Triple that's H turns point. on him, that's fine. That's fine. I didn't, I wasn't opposed to Orton being a face or heel here, but like the way they did it, it's like Orton wins. He wins the rematch against Benoit. They put him on the shoulders and they're celebrating. And then Triple H did the classic, hey, good job. And that was a signal for Batista to drop him backwards. It was a cool, I mean, the crowd popped. But there was no sure. payoff because then a month but later, yeah, there was no payoff. On top of yes. it. There was no I payoff. And right. yeah, Triple H did it. You know, they, they should have given Orton more dignity. In other words, like Orton should have said like, well, you know, fuck you guys. Like I, I'm not going to, you know, give Triple H a title shot just because he's asking me like, you know, like I'm the world champion. Like I have other people I got to defend the title against. Like, so like, you know, stop you. You think that I'm just going to give you a title shot and let you try to take the helm again. Like it's my time. If and he they could have interfered like, for three to six months. Yeah. Until they finally and then Triple H could have been like, you know what, man, you're right. I'm sorry, dude. Fuck it. I'm a dick. You're right. You're world champion. You call the shots around here. Evolution's yours. And then they did the thumbs down thing. And then I'd be like, dude, what a dick, Triple H. What a what an asshole. Like, you know, then I'd be like, dude, Orton's a baby face. But instead, they completely – I didn't see it coming. Did you, cuz? Like, I didn't no, see no. them dumping Orton out of Evolution at all. I remember no. watching that Raw and then seeing him up on the shoulders. And I'm like, oh, little fucking heels celebrating. And then they did the thumbs down thing. And then uh, Batista falls back and bashes Orton's head. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I was like, shocked for a second, but then was cool. the way it played out afterwards, I'm like, you made Orton look like a yeah. pussy. Like, once yeah. once he was on Batista's shoulders, that's when I knew it was going down. But not did so you? I, I didn't. I didn't even pick up on it. I was, I was like, like, oh, they're yeah. gonna drop him on his fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> like, why else would you put him on his shoulders with one guy? I'm like, oh, they're gonna. Drop and maybe him. I missed. Maybe on SmackDown or something leading up, they they were showing dissension or something. I don't, I don't remember, remember any like dissension were, ever. Yeah. Was, I remember being very quiet. Like they weren't coming out with him. He was kind of on his own and just kind of doing it. And then they. Once he once he retained and they they all came out to finally say hey good job, and, okay and they turned. They, I don't remember anything about them talking to him or anything like that. Side note: I, I definitely enjoyed those matches with Benoit. That was awesome. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. right. On. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. good. Dude, uh, you mean tell me, John Smith? You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say I think this. I just not be named. a bit right there when you said that. Um, <laughs> Orton would begin to turn heel in the beginning of 2005. He called out the Undertaker and challenged him at WrestleMania 21. Side note, right now, this is the this is my favorite part of Orton. I mean, I yep. like a lot of stuff he did after it, but this feud yep. with Taker that yep. lasted like Fucking nine man. months or whatever it was was so badass. Like my God, it was so good. Orton. Yeah. His dad got involved. So good. Yep. All of it was good. Yeah. In the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, Orton became more defiant and unafraid of the Undertaker, taunting and assaulting him in the ring, following distractions from his father, Cowboy. Bob Orton put the cast back on for old, just for old time's sake. <laughs> At WrestleMania 21, Orton lost the heavily hyped match. Uh, he rekindled his feud with The Undertaker, defeating him at SummerSlam 2005, following a distraction from his father. Two months later at no, no Mercy, Orton and his father, Bob Orton, defeated The Undertaker in a handicap <laughs> casket match. And after the match, Randy Orton and his father, Bob, <laughs> Bob, Locked the Undertaker in the casket, chopped holes in the top of the casket with an axe, poured gasoline over the casket, and set it ablaze, kayfabe killing the Undertaker. Um, I don't know why I had to put kayfabe. Well, I, <laughs> I felt the need to put, just so you know, he didn't really just people burn. Listen, he's he really dead. There was, there was a drop, there was a drop box at the, at the bottom of the casket. He's okay. Yeah. Um, that's how they got him out of there and, and rolled him out from under the Dave, you're revealing the magic. I, I advise you to stop. Okay, well, you said kayfabe, so that's that's on you. 
The Undertaker, however, beat Orton in a Hell in a Cell match at Armageddon, ending their nine-month-long feud. When has there been a nine-month feud? Um, In modern wrestling. You know, God, go back and watch the WrestleMania 21 match. It's one of my favorite Undertaker streak matches. Uh, it's actually one of my match. favorite Undertaker entrances. He fucking floated down to the ring. It was awesome. Not, <laughs> yeah. Not from the ceiling. Yeah. He floated across the floor. Yeah. And like Taz all the time was like, he's, he's not walking. Like he's, he's floating. He's not he's floating. <laughs> floating. It's great. And, like, what and that floating? was an excellent match. Cool. I remember a false finish where he a picks up match. Orton for the choke slam and then Orton RKO'd him out of the choke slam. That yes. was amazing. Yes. Like, uh, the, and everybody thought that was the end of the streak. That was like a major false finish. And then, uh, but, but Craig of all people, um, I don't know why I use the all people thing. Like nobody else would have got this, but he, uh, that, that same weekend, that WrestleMania weekend, Orton, uh, Bob Orton got put in the hall of fame. And, uh, so the undertaker match happened and undertaker chokeslammed him at one point during the match of WrestleMania. And then Orton came out later. Like, you know how they, they parade out the, that year's inductees later. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. let's bring them out. So it was a couple matches after the undertaker match and Orton match. When Bob Orton uh, came out to, you know, get his accolades, he put his hand up in the air and he goes, oh. and Craig looked at me and he goes, what a fucking pro. Like, <laughs> he right. sold the chokes. <laughs> yeah. oh. Like, even when he was out on stage oh, to get his Hall of Fame. It was fucking it's beautiful. So it was great. <laughs> Yeah. So it was awesome. Uh, yeah, and there's a moment. Match, all the matches. There's a moment on SmackDown when, like, uh, when Orton backs up the car and Undertaker's on the back of the car, and it looks like he's yes. going so goddamn fast, and he, he backs up to the SmackDown set, and like the 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 car like goes on fire. It's it's it was amazing. Yeah, like, they did a good lot pyro. of really cool stuff with uh, Bob and yeah, Randy against awesome. the Undertaker and Undertaker. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like it was it was all their matches were good too, especially the Hell in oh, yeah. Cell match was excellent too. Yeah. In 2006, after the newly reformed D-Generation X, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, cost Edge the WWE Championship, Edge approached Orton and asked him to join forces to defeat the team. Orton, whose championship reign had been ended by Triple H in 2004, agreed, forming the tag team uh, Tag team Rated RKO. I loved it. Uh, this it's is fucking great. Fun. The two defeated DX at Cyber Sunday with the help from some special guest, uh, guest referee, uh, Eric Bischoff. Becoming the first team to defeat DX since their reunion, they quickly dominated the Raw brand tag team division. Right in front of Bischoff. What the hell's up with that? The RKO in the chair. This is a no disqualification match. Orton's got the cover. Bischoff's got two, three, and Orton. And then DX. To become the world tag team champions by defeating Ric Flair and Rowdy Pipe. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in 2006? You got damn right. Ric Flair and Rowdy Piper are world tag team champions. I just have to pause and acknowledge that in 2006. <laughs> okay. that, and that was only Piper's second title ever in, in WWF. Ever. That's insane. Uh, the other one's the IC title. Awesome reading that. Awesome reading those names. 
Come on, man. Uh, come on, man. 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 Come on, uh, My payday was super small at WrestleMania. I'm not happy. After the reign of Raider Hercule. I don't know if you know this. It's only my second title, man. I don't know if you guys know During this time, the commentators noted how Orton slithered <laughs> around and stalked his victims like a snake. There it is. This led to the Viper becoming a nickname for Orton. At the start of No Mercy of 2007, Mr. McMahon awarded Randy Orton the WWE Championship. Here you go, pal. John Are you ready for that Viper now? <laughs> yeah. Here's the championship. Here's your bag. Take the bag to the ring. Was this um? We'll get the bag. Um, Orton lost the title to Triple H in the opening match, but regained it later that night in a last man standing match. That was a good match too, if I remember right. Yeah. I mean, those guys. I mean, Triple H doesn't have bad matches, but there's something special when those guys get together, right? It's I can't. They have the history together. It really does feel like it gets personal. Craig, can you talk on Triple H and his legacy real quick? It's so good, right? He loves Triple H. Oh, that's terrible. I, I just disagree with that he um, Triple H having bad matches. He does. To the top. He paid for that risk that he was willing to take to become WWE champion. Oh, 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 He does have bad matches. Yeah, he does. Uh, but these but these matches are exceptional, right? Is this what what point in his career Jericho. was he uh was he handcuffed to the rope and Stephanie they they finally um acknowledged the Stephanie Triple H marriage and he was handcuffed in that whole angle. Was that right here or is that a little bit later? Oh fuck. Shit, I, I know that remember, it honestly. culminated at WrestleMania with Triple H won for no reason. Uh um, oh, that's weird. Another, of course. <laughs> so I can't remember what WrestleMania that that's was. That's strange that Triple H would have gone over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what WrestleMania that was. After losing the WWE Championship to Triple H, Probably he would right try there. one last time oh, to regain it at one night stand on June 1st, 2008. During the match, trips through Orton over the top rope. Orton landed awkward and broke his collar from home. Probably on accident, though. Probably on accident. Wheels. This was wow. So Triple H went over, and on the next match, he throws him over, and and then hurts accidentally breaks his collarbone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Upon being medically cleared to return to the ring, Orton was re-injured in a motorcycle accident. Well, that's what you do, is right when you heal from a collarbone, you get on a fucking motorcycle. That's, That's what fine. You do. I think fine. Hunter let him borrow his Harley. He's like, hey, brother. He claimed was all tuned up and ready to go. No, no, like, wrong with it's, it's all good. I just got it from the shop. Oh, Runs like a dream, buddy. Brake lines oh. are good. I haven't cut them at all. Anyway, <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs> New tires. They're not bald. It's cool. Anyway, talk returned. to you after you recover. I mean, see you next week. Uh, everything's fine. He returned to Raw on September 1st, 2008, criticizing all the champions, including... World Tag Team Champions Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase, who he berated and slapped 
for letting Crime Time steal their belts. Well, Crime Time was a legitimate organization. We're throwing the word okay. champions around pretty loosely at this point with uh, Cody. This with Crime Time, Cody, to and try Cody. and gain Orton's respect, thus forming a new faction uh, called the Legacy. At Night of Champions on September 9th of 2010, Orton won the WWE Championship in a six-pack challenge elimination match. Is that real? Is that a real thing? A six-pack challenge. Like I feel like beers were. Yeah, no, they do. They all drank, and then whoever passed out oh, first. Okay. All right, it's all like right. power hour, but you know, in the, in the, in the middle of the ring. Because am I right in thinking that the legacy or the faction, the legacy, could have had better legs that they didn't use it right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For some reason, I feel like it fizzled yeah. out fast. It, it was it, yeah. It was such a good idea. So underwhelming. Yeah. yeah, it was a great idea. I don't know though. I mean, I, yeah, it, it just it was underwhelming. I feel like they kind of went out like pussies, if I remember correctly, because I was kind of starting to get back into it. Well, didn't um, Orton beat him? He beat him in a handicap match at WrestleMania, right? Or something like that? Like, to end it? Damn it. I thought it was... I want to say yeah, it was I think so. McMahon's, too, though. Something happened oh, maybe. With, or no, they fought McMahon's. I forgot exactly, because that, that was when I was kind of like in and out of WWE by that point, at, during 2008 to 2010. So, But I just remember them being really lackluster, the legacy. I just felt it was for some reason in my mind. I'm like, that was a good idea. And it Which, yeah, exactly. It. It's a great idea. Fucking great yeah. idea. So, sorry. So, transferring back to Orton winning the championship on uh, November 22nd. What kind of match did he win in? Uh, a six pack <laughs> challenge oh. elimination oh. match. However, attack. on the eve of November 22nd, 2010, episode of Raw, after Orton defeated Wade Barrett in a title match, he lost the championship against The Miz. When he cashed in his money in the bank contract on August 18th at SummerSlam 2013, Orton had turned heel after he cashed his money in the bank contract on Daniel Bryant, who had just won the WWE Championship and had been subsequently attacked by special guest referee Triple H, who also counted the pinfall to give Orton his seventh WWE Championship. That's what you get for being Daniel Bryant, folks. That's what you get. He ultimately got paid off. He's fine. Not not paid <laughs> off, but I mean, like you know, it paid off. They okay. took care of him. It yeah. did. I remember being so angry about this. Oh my God! Man. Oh my God! No! Hunter, what are you doing? Bring it! Hunter, what are you doing? This matchup's underway. Bryant out cold. I, I remember seeing so butthurt and being like, this is just ridiculous. He's getting screwed. Like, I was completely hooked in on this and, like, not. And so was, to, to his credit, Triple was like, just was dude, people were so actually. mad online. They were like, too. just wait till the full story. We're like, fuck and you, full story. And it started back at SummerSlam. Yeah, it started back at that SummerSlam yep. way before yeah. WrestleMania 30. And, like, it built for, like, fucking, like, eight months yeah, or something. They did like a good that. job yeah. there. Building, that was the last time they built a long term storyline that good. Because yeah. you're doing a good job. Cause... Sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> You just said they did a good job. I don't know. Yeah. Well, 
too much Instagram on this side. It is. We the following now on Raw, Orton was endorsed by the face of the company by Vince McMahon and the newly formed authority with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. At the TLC pay-per-view on December 15, 2013, Orton defeated John Cena to unify both the WWE and World Heavyweight titles becoming the first WWE World Heavyweight Champion, as well as officially being recognized as the final World Heavyweight Champion, like we, um, which we all know now means absolutely nothing. Kinda, yeah, they'll just brand, they'll, they'll later, when they sign a big contract with somebody else, they'll just brand split later. That's all. I think we kind of glossed yeah. over a little, um, or we didn't even, I don't think we brought it up, but there was a short period. You know, it wasn't a long period, but it was just another thing of Randy Orton when they were going through that fate, that whole uh, when he was punk kinking every punk kicking everybody. Oh, yes, yeah. that was How around. Was the, I thought the, that was the legend killer. Phase. No, that was no. was it the legend killer? Because it was after. No, it was it was it was that was during the that was during the Triple H because I remember well, him setting Triple H up for that punt. Like and I he think did that it for was Vince. That time. He did yeah. it to Vince too. I think that was when. Isn't that when he kissed Stephanie and Archeoder and all that shit? Yes. Or when he yeah. RKO'd her and then he kissed her. I think that was yeah. that same segment where he punt kicks Vince, he takes out Shane, and then I think he RKO's Stephanie, and then he kisses her when she's like passed out or whatever, knocked out on the ring or, or whatever. Or didn't he DDT her on the ropes, was, which is another yeah, great was, move of his. I mean, but that's guys, what I'm saying. this is something you could have brought up in pre No, I know, but, but that's uh, what I'm just saying. Like, we, we totally like no, passed over. Uh, yeah, like, that was when little, you look at the yeah. notes, you could have said, hey, this isn't here, and we could have added it. Oh, he didn't read the notes, Dave. Like how he went from the you know the legend killer. The I want to hit stop on the record button just because you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! What are we but doing? That was kind of my point. Thank you, Jess, for for making my point. That was You're lucky thing. he found his holiday RKO sweater. Yeah, he got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <In> storage. That was, <laughs> that was no, no, no. And I did all day. It took him all day to find that sweater. As I was typing up the notes too, I was like, man, the punt part. You know, I I knew that I was like, he made that. That was thing for a while you know he made that yeah. thing his own, his dude own by thing the way go but look and look at youtube clips of all the punts i don't know how he faked half of them when he did john cena's dad oh yeah uh, the punt kick to the head like how do you like i know you catch the side of the boot or whatever but it looks so incredible every time he did it and obviously yeah. they stopped it and banned it because everyone at home was doing it and it's killing their friends really kicked their brothers in the head <laughs> but it was fantastic the, the whole punt kick phase fucking bad too like it looks like he fucking really knocked his ass which i think he probably did it's the little things like who would have thought yeah, just a punt kick but it's right though totally passed over that shit At, on August 23rd yeah. of 2016 edition of Smackdown Orton accepted a challenge from Bray Wyatt at the Backlash pay-per-view Orton faced Wyatt at No Mercy where he lost due to distraction by the returning Luke Harper on the October 11th episode uh, No Mercy Smackdown Live rest in peace uh, Orton Orton was teamed with Kane in a tag team match against Wyatt and Harper, but once again lost the match due to distraction by Harper. On the October 25th episode of SmackDown Live, Orton interfered on Wyatt's behalf in this match with Kane, leading to the speculation that he had joined the Wyatt family, though this was neither confirmed Another nor thing. denied by WWE or Randy Orton. On the November 1st Smackdown, I'm sorry, episode of SmackDown Live, Wyatt and Harper helped Orton win his match against Kane, Thus confirming Orton's alliance with the group, turning heel in the process. So then, I liked I liked the angle of all this, but their mm -hmm. execution, all their matches were shit. Yeah, because they yeah. tried to get, they tried to gimmick them. They had the yeah. you know fight for Sister Abigail in the house, and then remember the WrestleMania match where they put worms, the worms on the ring. Didn't he like, pin him with a fridge like, in that match too? What did he? 
He'd send them to the fridge. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's that, it was, yeah. It's like an abandoned house. They're that's old a testament houses. to like Orton too, though. Like he's like, oh, this new guy. You know, I want to, I want to work with this guy, and I want to, you know, I'm open to his ideas. I love the angle. I love the yeah. whole him. You know, like well, it was, it was cool, the no mercy but, match was good because it was just a normal match that Luke Harper mm-hmm. interrupted in. Uh, yeah. That that match was good. I I actually enjoyed the whole like Randy being part of the Wyatts. I I thought like I I liked the whole angle with that uh, because the whole thing was uh, I believe Eric Rowan. Luke Harper or Rowan, one of the two, it was the whole thing was like, you can't trust the snake. You can't trust him. And that was that whole thing until Orton eventually did. You ready for the snake, Randy? Yeah, you ready for the snake? Yeah. I'll bring on the snake. <laughs> yeah, okay. On February 28th of 2017 episode of SmackDown Live, Orton churned on Wyatt while Wyatt was delivering his promo and was seen entering Wyatt's compound where he claimed that despite being in Wyatt's home, was not his home and declared his intentions to burn the soul oh, Jesus. of Sister Abigail. Did I say I like the he angle? Did, <laughs> did like the angle. He then set the entire compound on fire. That was well shot, though. Shady. I mean, it sounds ridiculous talking about it, but it was well shot. And the fire was, was legit. Was well done, and the yeah. angles of, of Orton kind of doing his thing. Like, and he it, would face Wyatt at WrestleMania 33, turning face again. Right? In a worm match. And high. Okay. <laughs> All right. On the March 7th episode of SmackDown Live, Orton defeated AJ Styles to become the number one contender for the WWE Championship. On April 2nd, at WrestleMania 33, Orton defeated Wyatt to win the WWE Championship for the ninth time, which was also his first WWE Championship win at WrestleMania and 13th overall World Championship. He also defeated Bobby Lashley at Fastlane on March 11, 2018 for the WWE United States Championship, thus becoming the 18th Grand Slam champion in history. So that's U.S. IC tag world title, right? And IC. Oh, you said IC. Okay. Yeah, you said yeah. I said I said IC. God damn it. All right. But Wait, I think, yeah, world Wait, heavyweight, he, the world heavyweight champion, WWE champion, United States Intercontinental. I see. Tag. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But not Raw and SmackDown tag. Uh, he, well, he would eventually win that later. But yeah. I don't. I don't think they'd done the brand split at that yet, time. It didn't, the second brand split. at that time they might have. Had, they might have had two tag team championship at SummerSlam 2021. RK Bro defeated Styles and Amos ah. to become the Raw tag team. We were there for that, huh, Jess? There that was a good one. Rain opened up the show. Opened up the Hot show match. before Hot I. Opener. Before I get into the championships, awards, and accomplishments, which there are plenty of, um, one thing I just wanted to point out that I absolutely love about Randy Orton, and it's such a small footnote in Seth Rollins' history. You guys know what I'm talking about? What WrestleMania am I talking about? 31. Seth Rollins. Is it 31? Yep. Yes. San Francisco. The RKO off the curb stomp. (sighs) It is. You guys really talked about all the variations that Randy Orton uses to hit the RKO, and... If you go back and watch that WrestleMania match that Seth Rollins actually loses, then cashes in his his uh, money in the bank to win the championship there at WrestleMania 31, that curb stomp pushing Seth, like basically plumbing him way into the air yeah. and RKOing him is one of the best RKOs you will ever that's see. That's in my top yeah. five Randy Orton matches. Well, that and the Evans oh. Yeah, that's a great match. Yeah. That's the thing. We, we, I know, Jess, you're trying to cut this into pieces that you know are relevant, that matter to now or are big. That to me is just the one thing that I wanted to bring up that wasn't in the notes. I love that whole that whole moment. That's a WrestleMania moment in my mind. Oh yeah, that that's uh, all sure. Seth, by the way. Like that's, yeah, oh yeah. For yeah. when you take, go back and look at well, Seth, yeah, how he yeah, does yeah, the curve right, and jumps uh, up off his head. Yeah. Um, 
feet rolls through. Randy Orton went for the RKO. Rollins countered. Oh, Rollins again to the midsection. Rollins may have run Randy in position for another curb stop. Oh, my But yeah. still, the fact that you plan that, there's, it's the greatest RKO over. Like the, the, and the elevation Seth gets, it's perfect. Oh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's yeah. so good. It, it, and it really does. It's the, it's the definition of out of nowhere, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, I, I, I love that RKO. I just wanted to throw that in there. You really need to go back and watch that match. Like the match is well up to, too, but the finish even outperforms the entire match as good as it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely incredible. Go back and catch that. Just wanted to bring that out there. Anything before we get into championships, awards, and uh, accomplishments? One, one more RKO to go back and watch is him versus Evan Bourne on Monday Night Raw. I forgot what year it was. Oh, yeah. Where Evan Bourne does the shooting star press, and then Orton catches And then Orton catches him. Holy shit, yeah. really? Star, he pops serious? up off the ground. Randy Orton was laying on the ground. That, yeah, that up. ranks right up there with uh, uh, Shelton Benjamin, Shawn Michaels, Super Kick. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> when Shelton, like, that, those are the two. Like, people are like, what yeah. are good Raw moments? I was like, those are the wow. two. Wow. Like, yeah. Shelton Benjamin's got a lot of moments. Yeah, he does. We have, we have to dig into that, that one good. day. All right. On November 29th of 2021, the Guinness Book of World Records has recognized Randy Orton as having the most pay-per-view appearances by a male wrestler in WWE history with his 77th appearance. It came on November 28th of 2021 at Survivor Series. Way to go, Randy. Good accomplishment. Nice work. Ooh. Again, and we talked about this before we hit the Better camera, and we joked about saying things like we talked about this before we hit record. But we would think in this era, uh, he's only been around twenty years. But there's a lot. There's been a lot more pay per views and a lot more raws than just Randy's twenty years, and that's a testament, I think, to his full time status, the amount, the quantity of matches that I think Randy has, as opposed to a lot of part timers uh, that could have caught it. I mean. You always think of the Iron Man of all this matches as Kane and for Randy to kind of overtake him just yeah. just now. Like and you kind of forget, like you almost um forget about his legacy. And I think that's why it's important that we kind of do this. But like what a record and kudos for oh, yeah. someone for bringing it up and and just for kind yep. of uh encouraging us to kind of do this in, in respect of Randy. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, amazing. On top of that, on the November 29th, twenty nine episode of Raw. Orton wrestled for the 437th time on that program. Better than this has set another record as having the most matches by any performer in Raw history. Which was previously and, held by Kane. Yeah, and that's yeah. saying a lot because a lot of people get switched from Raw to SmackDown. And they'll never be able to, to accomplish that. And Randy was able to do that. It's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. So, here we go. Here comes the championships and accomplishments. WWE he was a 10-time, he is a 10-time because he can still do it again, WWE champion. He he held the World Heavyweight Championship four times. He held the IC title one time, which is kind of surprising to me. He hasn't been more. They really jumped him into the world title fold quite quickly. Um, it, it's incredible. Like one time and one time for the United States Championship as well. Um, world Tag Team Championship one time with Edge. He's the Raw Tag Team Championship one time with Riddle. That's current right now. He's also the SmackDown Tag Team Championship one time with Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. Oh, were they doing um they free switching rules, around? Bro? Yeah. I All think right, so, buddy. Yeah. Yep. Well, good for them. Uh Money in the Bank winner in 2013. 
He's a two-time Royal Rumble winner in 2009 and 2017. Randy. Uh, he's the 17th Triple Crown Championship, which has a lot um, in this era. He's a, the 10th Grand Slam champion under current format, which is the 18th overall. Um, we're going to get into PWI stuff here now. Feud of the Year with Triple H in 2009. Most Who? hated wrestler of the year two <laughs> times, 2007 and 2009. Good for you, Randy. <laughs> Most improved wrestler of the year in 2004. Most popular wrestler of the year in 2010, rookie of the year in 2001, wrestler of the year for two years, 2009 and 2010, some back to back stuff. He's also most improved by the Wrestling Observer in 2004. Um, so, way to go, Meltzer, to give him that accolade, that one accolade. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, not a fight start match, but uh, if his name was Randy Omega, then uh, yeah, he would. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Radio uh, Okada. Okada. And can I interrupt uh, Dave while you're talking around yeah. uh, the accomplishments and uh, ask the group just kind of why is he? I wouldn't say he was underrated, but why is he underappreciated and he's not on the pantheon on the Rushmore of of wrestlers that we think of? Why are we only talking about Randy Probably now? Because we're all used to the Stone Colds, the Rocks, the Hogans, the Warriors, the Machos. You know, those are like. I don't, I, I, I don't know though because randy he's kind of broke that like in the pop culture now because of those rko viral videos i don't know yeah it's, it's, the memes yeah the social media stuff i guess the rko i mean the rko stuff is great on uh on youtube you got to catch those those are fantastic um i think the thing about randy that makes that, that makes the most sense with it is he came up with everything and he's gone through everything and he's almost just like well randy will be here randy will take care of us and We've said it on this show, and, it, and it's hard to say because I think we all love Randy Orton, but Randy Orton has never had what we consider like a five star match or an A plus match, and I know it's hard to say. He's come like Not right there, like the like the A, yeah, and maybe because disagrees, the A minuses, the, the four <laughs> dot eights, whatever. He's come really close, but there's never been that epitome I, moment where he's reached it, I, and that's but but again, because that might be your opinion, but I think yeah. several other opinions are that he has not. <laughs> Yeah, and it, why why are we talking about this now I, after twenty years? It's it there, it needs to be said, right? I think I, I think, I, I think too reason. he falls into the and we were talking a little bit about before we uh, before we hit record was that uh, he uh, when you look at Randy Orton you almost expect more from him. I mean to look at his list of accolades and like his matches and everything like his hierarchy. It's, it, it, it's a it's a it's a a career filled with great matches, a yeah. career filled with championships, a career filled with like amazing WWE movements. And for whatever reason with Orton, you still expect more. I don't know if it's the I, way he looks, I think if, it's, it's, if it's pedigree, yeah. if it's his, uh, his family legacy, if it's, you know, the, the fact that he looks like a, like he's, he's chiseled from stone. I, I can, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, like, there's still something that's like, it's like, I want more from, him. well, I think, I think, and I'm not exactly sure why that is. And I'm sure not why, uh, other people don't fall in that category where like a Chris Jericho doesn't necessarily fall in that category or a, obviously he's not, you know, he's not in the echelon of like Stone Cold, uh, Hogan, uh, Rock, those two people. I mean, you know, they're not, there's only five people that are in that, in that tier. But like, um, I think, I think maybe we expected Orton to be in that tier and that's really unrealistic expectations. My, my I, I think, fair. I think the reason why mainly is because he did, we did, we skipped over it, but. He did have like a six-year period where he admits he was his own worst enemy with his attitude, oh. partying, and all that stuff, shitting in divas' bags. 
like stuff like that. <laughs> that know? always comes up. It yeah, so <laughs> a lot of the times, like in, in 06, 07, 08, when we were frustrated that he wasn't put over, um, I think it's because he was his own worst enemy. We would know that as watching because we're not backstage and we don't know that. So I think sure. that shaved a lot off too. And for me, I think he was never given the run as the top guy for an extended period of time. Yes, he was the undisputed final champion, but that was just set up so uh, Daniel Bryan could win at WrestleMania 30. He always was kind of like this. He's been decorated like crazy, like, you know, like the best Christmas tree ever. But at the same time, like he never was. It was always like Cena's era from like. Christmas tree always came down in January. It it was John Cena from like 05 to, you know, 2010, whatever. And there was never. He, they never pulled the trigger with him and said, you're our guy. And I don't know if it's because he couldn't do it. And maybe that was right well, during his problem times, too. When you're comparing it to Stone Cold, Macho Man, Warrior, Hogan, Rock, there's a big there, there's five thing, or one thing that all five of those guys have in common. They all were pushed and successfully as top babyfaces. Randy Orton's just a natural heel. And whenever they try to push him as a babyface, it wasn't natural. It just didn't I think, work. Yeah, I think that's when Vince wanted yeah, to put you the have rocket to- on him. Yeah, but you have to also consider there's a lot of people that fall. I mean, CM Punk would fall into a natural heel, uh, and he he for whatever re- you know he obviously like struck gold. Um, and people still they were, they were was, was, as was, baby faces though, you know. I, I would as say like faces. like you know like a, Not a why did CM cheered. Punk gain the popularity or yeah, even a Daniel Bryan gain more popularity yeah. than than Orton? The, you know, was it? You're know, trying to say Stone Cold was a baby face because it's not the case. He he was running as a heel no, for a long time. No, I get it. Yeah, well, and then he was a babyface, though, and he was the top babyface. <laughs> they all were the top babyface. He's like, <laughs> they all, I, yeah, you know, because it because it's on something what, there because Vince always wants that. It's not That's exactly what Vince wants. That. Yeah, he wants think, like, yeah, go ahead. Go but ahead. what I'm saying, I too think, is, oh, good. I was gonna say as part as part of it too is though, if he's not naturally a babyface, the performance is not gonna come either. You know, right? You yeah. won't buy it. You know, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think. um They've never wanted to give him the store and the keys to the entire kingdom just because he's are he's he's Randy and he's never been any different. Like he was he was the first time he was one of the first athletes to get that bus and protect his body and protect his longevity and not willing to give up everything to just uh, have the brass ring and to have that long reign. Like, I think he's, Vince knows him as an incredible hand and whatever you want to do with him, mid-card, upper mid-card, he is game. And I think the respect of the last five years of Randy making everyone else from uh, Bray to AJ to Riddle and how this like kind of like plays out. Like, I love the last five, six years of Randy. Oh, yeah. And even all through his all. Are you, are you saying, are you saying Randy is Vince's utility belt? Is that what you're saying? Like, he, he, he might be like, anything? but he's not the guy that 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 Vince and Triple H and whoever would say like, and because he's never willing to sacrifice a thousand percent or maybe take off for either his just, daughters and he's cared more about family toward the end. But like, uh, and I kind of respect it. Like, Randy's always kind of been Randy, like a, yeah. a Shawn Michaels that wised up earlier than Shawn Michaels wised up. If that makes any kind of strange kind of sense, but and, like, and re- I don't know how I can't put a year uh, a number on it, but um, now it's way more like friendly for somebody like Randy who can get personal time in because they do sign part time contracts. Yeah, you know, there was a time in the sport where they were like Vince is like, nope, you, you're not you're wrestling full time for me, or you're not doing it at all. Any promotion actually, the NWA, WCW, you had to wrestle full time basically. The yeah. The, the weird days con- out of the year. The weird contracts yeah. came along with the Hogan Hall and Nash, and that started then. And then it just kind of changed the industry, sort of bleeding out from that. 
And then yeah. people got a bad rap because those contracts, oh, you just give the old guys those contracts because they can't fucking go anymore. But now you're looking at people like Edge, who had to retire for a long time, for like eight years because he got a career-ending injury. But now he can come back and be like, well, if I only have to wrestle, you know, six times a year, I can, I can still be impactful. I can do promos yes. on Raw and still be relevant, and then I'll have a killer match rest for a couple months, and then come back and do it again. I think Orton right. is wrestling less now, and he's in tag team, which is way easier on his body. Yes. Um, so I yes. think that Orton... It's a good point. It's a perfect... And plus, too, like the, over the last six or seven years, I don't remember, Orton remarried. It seems like he's really yeah. centered now. He's not like this immature guy anymore. He's really proud of his family and like his stuff. And you know, I think he's a locker room leader now, which before, when Vince wanted to really push him hard, I, he wasn't ready to be that guy. Like, there's very few guys back there like a Triple H or like an Undertaker that understand, like, the politics of everything. And then they know, okay, I got to keep this personal line. I got to do that. And then you have the rogue guys like Michaels was in the first part of his singles run and what Orton was here. You just kind of have to be humbled. And then you can come back and be like, oh, yeah. fuck, I get it. I get it. And like I said, the contracts are a lot more geared towards a guy like Randy now. They're not like let's put this on the old guys. They're actually putting them on guys that are relevant. And I know edge is getting up there in age, but I use him as an example because like now this is perfect. Wrestling part-time is perfect. You yeah. want to still see edge. We want to still see Orton. We don't want to say it for a while. Those guys should rotate contracts in and out and keep them on minimum yeah. contract and then let them, let them get hot again as they come back. It's, and it's ironically, I said, huh. I said that I, in the beginning edge, about edge trusted Orton when he came back from, you know, That's from that long layoff. Yeah, or whatever. He's the guy you want to work with. Yeah, it was Orton. Yeah. And all of them like, wonder if like, somebody. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know if wonder, like Undertaker pulled him aside and was like, "Listen, like <laughs> I'm not going to be here forever. You know, my uh, my leadership role is going to fall to you." And that kind of like like got him straightened up because I mean, it was you know last five six years like you definitely saw like a, a very different Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, you know whether you know like his his uh, in ring interactions, his dealing with like the younger <laughs> guys, putting people over, you know, <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, that somebody had like, hey, you know, since you pulled him aside and straightened him out. For audio fans, give us an Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. Dave, watch our videos Dave, on Dave, YouTube at our wrestling channel. Dave, Dave. On social media, can you Dave, do us a favor and keep give going, us a Dave, follow keep on going. Instagram or Twitter at OWG2018? <laughs> or on Facebook slash meta at our wrestling podcast. Dave. Before we go, Craig has something to add. Burlap sack, Dave. Are you ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> To this day, he's just a senile old man back there. Like, people just come up to him, Vince, what do I got to do? What do you got to do? You got to grab the sack. You ready for the snake? Like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Say it to everybody. And you just see people laughing around Vince, going like, wow, Vince, so old and funny. Austin Theory, you stole my golden egg. Someone else will take the snake. Oh my God, the golden egg bullshit. You know who lays lays eggs? Snake, you are. Wait. All right. For Joe, Jess. Dave, Craig, and Cuz, the OWP signing off. Have Have a good good one. one. Ride the snake.